0: Hello, friends, and welcome to the Everyday Truth Podcast with Kurt Skelly. We are here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. Right now, we're studying the book of Revelation in a series called The End is the Beginning. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. And welcome back, friends, to today's episode of Everyday Truth. I have a piping hot cup of coffee in front of me, and it's been a while since I've introduced this mug to you on the podcast. I love this mug. You probably can't see it, those of you that are able to watch right now, but it's got the lyrics of a bunch of great old hymns on the mug. He lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today, I've got, great is thy faithfulness, Um Got the lyrics to, um, uh, to uh, it is well with my soul, Oh come to the Father through Jesus the Son, given the glory, great things. He... Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art, rock of ages. So amazing grace. I love, I love this mug. It's very appropriate because we're talking about heaven and praising God and, and all of that. And coffee is a good reason to praise God too. So um, there's that. Revelation chapter 19, uh, we are talking a bit about the marriage supper of the Lamb. And don't you love that the Bible introduces some of these concepts to us and talks about the reality of these future experiences, but just kind of leaves us wondering what's that going to be like and what's going to happen and what are the details? And God just tells us enough to kind of get the juices going, and but but one day we're going to experience this. And all the nuance, all of the detail, it's going to be amazing. Look, look at what it says in verse number nine. I told you, I think, last episode that we would come back to this. So verse number nine, where the Bible says, and he saith unto me, write. So I want you to remind you that the book of Revelation, as exciting as it is and as uh, awe-inspiring as it is, remember that this was a, a series of visions and instructions that were given to John. And remember, John it, had been on the Isle of Patmos. Uh, he had been exiled. He had been beaten and tortured for his faith. Uh, in many ways, felt as if he were all alone, uh, perhaps thinking, I'm going to die on this island, although history does teach us that, that he, he was able to get off the island. We don't know that for sure. But, but the point is this, that God is showing John all of this thousands of years ago, giving him this divine revelation so that you and I can have the opportunity to know some strategic things about the future that have been inscripturated for us, written down so that we might have hope. Knowing the future is more than just the satisfaction of one's curiosity. It's not that God just said, hey, I want you to know some things that other people don't know. The point is God wants our knowledge of his character, of his predictions that have never been wrong to to propel us and to compel us in our lives today. So knowing the future ought to affect the way we live in the present. That's the point I want to make. So knowing that these things shall be dissolved is what Peter talks about in 2 Peter chapter 3. What manner of persons ought we to be in all holy conversation and godliness looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God. So as we look to the future, as we take in the things that God has told us are true, then those things ought to compel us to live our lives in a much more confident and godly way today. So the second coming of Christ is a theme of the New Testament. It really was was a, a teaching of the Old Testament as well. But it's a theme of the New Testament, and again, it's a theme because it ought to affect our daily living. And I like what it says here in verse number nine, where it says, he saith unto me, write, these are true things that ought to be inscripturated. The fact that John obeyed this messenger that day, the fact that John did write these things down that day is such a blessing because you and I are reading it right now, aren't we? So write. Then the Bible says, uh, here's what he was to write. Blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me, these are the true sayings of God. So w- what, what is it that God wants us to know in summary about the marriage supper of the Lamb? Well, two things. Number one, you can bank on it. These are the true sayings of God. This is not God just trying to make you feel good in a time of persecution. This is not just kind of pie in the sky for people that are going through a hard time. Sometimes if we're not careful, we kind of talk about heaven that way or we talk about the future that way. Or we talk about you know no more sickness, no more pain. It'll be great there one day. And it's almost like we're, we're speaking in terms of that aren't even true. And what, what, what we need to every stop every now and then and and remind ourselves of is this is true this is going to happen this is not just kind of some fairy tale some kind of a Hallmark movie to give us some type of a novocaine dose to ease the pain in the moment no this is the believer's hope so this is true and then the bible says the second kind of summary truth is blessed. Blessed are they which are called under the marriage supper. So blessed are they. So what, and the word blessed in the Bible means to receive a multiplicity of God's blessings. Happy, uh, well, well, um, well blessed are the people uh, whom God has called to the marriage supper. If you're saved, the blessing is in the relationship. And the relationship that you have with Christ is what unlocks every other blessing of God. I love what it says in Romans chapter 8, where specifically the Apostle Paul said, He, that's talking about God, he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things?" So if we have Jesus, we have everything. So in in the context of Revelation chapter 19, who do we have? We have Jesus. Who is he? He is our husband. He is the one that has taken us unto himself. We get his name. We get his net worth. We get access to everything he owns. We get him. So the point here is what a blessing. What a a multiplicity of blessing because in in having Jesus, we have everything. In having Jesus, we have everything that he has, everything he represents. Uh, His name becomes our name. His stuff becomes our stuff. You know, he is, his love to us is inseparable. So, wow, what a blessing. So what are the summary thoughts of the marriage shepherd of the lamb? What a blessing for us. And this is absolutely irrefutably true. These are the true sayings of God. Now, look at verse number 10, where this is interesting. Uh, As John describes this episode, he makes a little bit of a social gaffe here. And, And watch what he does in verse number 10. And I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, see thou do it not. For I am thy fellow servant and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So as this is going on, and John is seeing this, and he's kind of being tour guided through uh, this picture of the marriage supper, John is so overwhelmed by the effusive praise. He's so overwhelmed by the prospect of he's so overwhelmed by the vision of this marriage supper that the the person that is escorting him through heaven, it's like a, a, a temporary lapse that John has and he just kind of falls down and begins to worship this tour guide uh, that's before him. Now give John a break. Uh, this this is all kind of uh, overwhelming. At this time, uh, John is just a, a human being that's been ushered from earth, and, and all of this is just kind of like, wow, that John makes the mistake of worshiping this man who no doubt is in his glorified body and has all the, the, the glow of glory, the glow of heaven. So you can see why the mistake would be made, but it's very evident. And the man is very quick to say, oh, no, 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 don't worship me. We worship God alone, the triune God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We don't worship men, we worship God. I I, I find it interesting in the Bible that there were several episodes where things like this happen. Uh, For instance, in Acts chapter number 12, remember the people heard Herod Agrippa I speaking at Caesarea. And he was wearing that uh, that that new um, glittering costume that he had. And people said, oh, this is the voice of a God. And remember, Herod did not repudiate their opinion. And because Herod took to himself the glory that belongs to God, God struck him dead. And they're in Acts chapter 12, as opposed to Acts chapter 13 and 14, when Paul and Barnabas were on their first missionary journey. They arrived at Lystra, and remember the people of Lystra at first thought that these were gods, Mercury and Jupiter, and and Paul and, and Barnabas were very quick to say, no, 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 no. There is one God, one true God. We are not gods. We are men just like you. So they were saying, no, we don't worship men. We worship God. Do you know that that's one of the, the key reasons why we know that Jesus uh, is God the Son? Why? Because in his public ministry, when people came to worship Jesus, he never said to people, oh, don't worship me. I'll only worship God. No, he accepted worship. And the fact that Jesus accepted worship is a great indication and a tacit uh, indication that he is whom he claimed to be that is the very son of god equal with god separate from but equal to god separate person but 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 equal to god a uh, god the son uh, the, the 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 jewish people understood that when jesus claimed to be the son of god he was claiming equality with god and he never refused to worship you find that in john chapter 5 and many other passages so when when John is here in Revelation chapter 19 and he begins to worship this man, the man is very careful and very insistent to say, No, we worship God and we worship God alone. Could I just say a couple practical things right now? One is sometimes in our sincerity, sometimes in uh, because of a lack of knowledge, perhaps. We do worship men. and We even do that in our churches sometimes. We do that in our various Christian movements. And we need to be very careful of that. We need to make sure that we understand who men are and who God is. And man worship is not something that is conducive to true worship. Uh, God is not, will share his glory with, no, with none other. And a true biblical leader, when he receives undue praise and undue glory and undue worship in that sense, is always going to be quick and careful to say, no, no, glory belongs to God. So there's a very practical application here as well. Verse number 10, one more time, here's what the man says. Hey, don't don't worship me. I am thy fellow servant. That's always a good way for a leader to view himself. It's a good way for a pastor. It's a good way for Christian leaders to view themselves. We are fellow servants. Then the Bible says, fellow servant and of thy brethren, we're brothers in Christ. We're fellow servants. We're brothers in Christ that have the testimony of Jesus. You know, we just have the same testimony you have. We've come by the way of the cross And I love the last statement of verse number 10, where the Bible says, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. But when we talk about the future, when we talk about the word of God, when we talk about what is the theme of the prophetic message, it always comes back to Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. He is the theme. He is the reason. He is the focus. He is the one worthy of worship. The scriptures testify of him. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. So I hope that uh, helps today. I hope that that's applicable. We're going to look at verse number 11. I can't wait. Oh, I can't wait to talk about the coming of the Lord to this earth. And we'll talk about that next episode. Hope you have a great day today. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.